Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleMania Week here at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. What's happening, everybody? And welcome to this, the latest episode in Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets. WrestleMania Week podcasts. We are just three days away from the grandest stage of them all, the biggest event in sports entertainment, WrestleMania. And we are now on to our fifth podcast where we'll be talking about some of the big events that's happening on the card. And tonight we are talking about the latest addition to the WWE roster, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. I am your host this week, not this week today, uh, Stephen Wilson. That's an old habit. And I am joined by a panel who are desperate to get their teeth into tonight's subject. First, we have got the modern-day Maharaja, David Hockney. How do you? How do you? How's it going, Dave? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, just, uh, uh, just excited to talk about uh, WrestleMania again. Yes, excellent, no problem. It's your fourth podcast in a row, Dave. Yeah, I've been busy, and I've hosted two of them. So it's good yes. to just sit back and, and enjoy myself for this one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And also joining us, mic'd up for a change for two shows in a row, it's our EP Kwaku Aji. I know, this is, this is a lot of responsibility on me right now. I know, I mean you're even hosting in two days. I know, I can't wait for that one actually. Yes, it should be a good one, how's it going Kwaku? I can't complain, I'm all good, uh, ready to get my teeth stuck into this one as one person said. <laughs> Absolutely, and also back on the panel after a couple of weeks absence, we have Stephen Strachan. Alright guys, how you doing? How's it going, Strack? I know bad, just literally finished work 20 minutes ago. <laughs> That's... Yes, and straight into a podcast, that is commitment. So how's how's things otherwise, Strack? All good? I know bad, good. Brilliant, no problem at all. And we are pleased to be joined this evening by Daily Mirror wrestling writer, Liverpool's you number one. <laughs> <laughs> what an introduction. What an introduction. Good evening, fellas. Neil, how's it? Thanks for joining us this evening. Oh, no trouble at all. I mean, obviously, I'd love to be in New Orleans, but if I can't be there, the next best place is sitting in a room in my house talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that as a compliment. There is a, there is, there is a first for everything, and that is it. <laughs> Especially after the show last night where we ripped each other to shreds for 90 minutes. Yeah. Oh, no way. That's yeah. Not, not easy on me. Hey, we, we'll, we'll go easy on you, Neil, as long as I can hear you say soon, like Zach Gibson. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, thanks for joining us this evening. We are here to talk about the rowdy one, Ronda Rousey. So, for anybody who's listening to this, we've got four podcasts before this and two afterwards. And then another one two days after. So follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Suplex Retweet. Right, let's get started on the subject and let's talk about Ronda Rousey. Now, briefly for anybody who doesn't know about Ronda Rousey's pre-WWE, she was an amateur judo fighter 
uh, where she achieved bronze in the 2008 Olympic Games before going on to take up a career in MMA and UFC, which many will say she was arguably the most successful uh, women's MMA fighter of all time, Mm -hmm. going 12 matches undefeated, becoming the first ever women's banterweight champion uh, before she did eventually suffer a loss in 2015, which then led to a not a very good spell in both her personal and her professional life. And then she left UFC at the end of 2016. Guy, I'm going to go around the panel here and we're going to talk about Ronda pre-WWE and her UFC days. We're going to start with uh, the EP, Kwaku Aju, who I know is a keen boxing man. So yeah. MMA could be a, is a thing that you I assume you take interest in, not as much as boxing, but I do watch like the big matches, and I have seen quite a few of her matches. So, yeah, um, like um, the spectacle that goes with her match, like it's just incredible. The build up and everything. Um, she was a huge selling point. Um, when you look at our pay per view buys in terms of how many people bought the pay per view when she was headlining, they were always above the half a million, peaking at one point one million, and were averaging around a million, which is really high in the UFC um, as in terms of UFC ratings. Um, yeah. Especially when you compare, uh, well, obviously the days of the network has now changed. Um, mm. The highest pay-per-view rated show for WrestleMania was uh, was 28 with The Rock and Cena, and that was 1.6 million pay-per-view buys. Mm. So you do see that she was a, really a big name, and um, she did. She did. I would say that she was the big foundation of the uh, MMA scene for women when she oh, was yeah. fighting. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, David. I mean, I know you. You thought that Ronda Rousey's professional career started at the Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't I get don't me started. Much life outside the WWE, but what would do, do you have much on Ronda before she joined the company? I mean, obviously you saw it at WrestleMania 31, which we'll talk about in a bit. But well, UFC. Well, being the regular stats guy that I am, I have done my homework on Ronda Rousey. I've been looking at her mixed martial arts record and her uh, and her UFC fights and stuff, and I've noticed that. You know, within her first seven matches, uh, for amateur mixed martial arts, she's 3-0, unbeaten, and all of those matches last in a minute. And when moving into her sort of UFC fights, her first four, four matches, all under 50 seconds. So she's really, it just, it just goes through how much of an impact she's made, uh, not just in mixed martial arts, but in the UFC as a whole. I think she is, without a doubt, Miss UFC. Yeah, I mean, six, six, six successful title defences she had before she lost. I mean, it's something to say, obviously, the, the magnitude that she bring, she brought to the octagon. Mm-hmm. I mean, Neil, you recently did an interview with Ronda. I'm right in saying yes for the Daily Mirror. Yeah, I did, yeah. We, I got a, uh, it was meant to be 10 minutes, I think, I was allocated to chat to her. And uh, I managed to uh, string it out to about 14 or 15 by uh, just keeping asking questions until I was told to hang up. Mm-hmm. Um, no. But... Um, but I mean, one one thing I, I have to say, I mean, uh, is that UFC definitely wasn't up for discussion. Um, it, it was it was kind of made clear that um, to me in advance, shall we say, that um, she didn't want to discuss UFC, uh, and I, right. I found that quite interesting in in itself. I mean, I think it's well known that she's found it very very difficult to come to terms with being so successful, as you as, mm-hmm. you, as you say, such a box office star, such an attraction, an entire division created for her. And then to mm-hmm. suffer, you know, a, a, a defeat that nobody saw coming, 
then to yeah. take so long to sort of get their mind back together and compete a second time round, and then to lose probably well, even even more convincingly than the than their first defeat, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, re- I a couple of days ago spoke to the Daily Records UFC writer Tom Heffernan, and he said that mentally that really hit her. You know, so it was obviously quite a, a, a shock that she wouldn't actually want to talk about that. But mm-hmm. she is obviously really committed to WWE. Uh, now, Strack, I know you've been quite vocal about uh, Ronda in the lead up to this pod. Uh, uh, obviously, within our chats. And what was your opinion on her pre-WWE in the UFC? I mean, my my opinion of her was it's kind of the same as... I don't know if you've heard Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast about her fighting mm-hmm. uh, Holly Holmes and then fighting... Um, Amanda Nunes but mm-hmm. I kind of thought the same she was good but at the time the women who were in the division weren't the best they weren't mm-hmm. the top class calibre it was just really women that had an okay record in the sport as it was just starting out now mm-hmm. you've got people who train like Holly Holmes she, Ronda Rousey did beat her but then Holly Holmes went away trained harder learned from mistakes and went back in and that head kick finished her. Yeah. And then you had the rematch against Manda Nunes, who, if you watched her fights before she even got a title match, she was an absolute beast. She was just just beating people for fun. And it was mm. just... My, I, I say it's, it's unpopular opinion, but I, I, I kind of agree with Joe Rogan. She seemed to be the best in a bad bunch. Mm-hmm. And then when the better fighters started coming through... That's when it started to, but that's probably what hurt her most professional and more personal was she was put on a pedestal. She mm. was the greatest. She was untouchable. Same as Conor McGregor. Yeah. Untouchable, unbeatable, never going to fail. And there's always going to be that one person out there. The same happened to every legendary fighter. Mike Tyson was the same. Great fighter, unbeatable. Then he started getting chipped away and beaten and beaten. Then same, even Muhammad Ali was the same. Mm-hmm. He fought people that thought, "Oh, he's he's definitely winning this." Muhammad, Muhammad Ali wasn't a hundred percent win record. Nobody has an un, an unbeatable record. Mm-hmm. Even the best, like George St Pierre, Matt Hughes, mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar. Everybody assumes Brock Lesnar when he goes into UFC will dominate. No, he lost quite. A, he lost that. His first fight was it his first fight. He lost. I first fight to Frank Mir to get caught in a, a leg bar. Yeah. And, and he says, oh, it wasn't his fault. Um, the referee stopped the fight too early. It's like, no, you tapped it, mate. Because mm. you, you were too busy being... Just said, go charge in, and the guy will be scared of me. Frankly, mm-hmm. I just went, I'll wait and you make a mistake, which you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something... You know, she she was seen as these big attractions. I mean, I think it, the fact that she would just get knocked back down the earth so quickly yeah. was, was the thing that really done her in. And obviously, the, the defeat kind of followed on from when she, she was first really majorly seen in WWE, which was at WrestleMania 31, three, uh, three years ago now. Now, I, I think it was quite common knowledge that she was a WWE fan. She used the Rowdy nickname in UFC, obviously, because Rod, Rod, Roddy Piper was a hero. Uh, she was obviously well associated with the Four Horsewomen, and she was, obviously, she was seen at some events before WrestleMania, but obviously WrestleMania 31 was when she first really got some major interaction with uh, The Rock and Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. I mean, we're now looking three years later, guys. What's kind of your uh, thoughts and that, that actual, how that, the impact of that? Because she was the biggest sports star in the world. Again, Kwaku, what's your thoughts? Uh, first of all, 
that that look that she gave when she was sitting at ringside mm-hmm. and the way the rock looked at her. I mean that that look alone just tells you everything. And yeah. um, <laughs> and then obviously with what Rock said, I don't know if that's PG enough for me to say. Uh, mm. I did find quite funny. Um, I could tell from there that something, a relationship was going to happen in the future. I didn't know to this extent where now we've got the match and everything. Like, I, I, I thought maybe there would be a one off match, but I didn't think it'd be like under a WWE contract type of thing. Well, there was there was a lot of question marks around about the time because obviously she was still side the UFC and it's like, what was happening? Yeah. I mean, Dana Brooke, I think, did he tweet that night at WrestleMania? Am I wrong in writing saying that? He'd sent out a tweet about her appearance. Who? Dana Brooke? You mean Dana White? Dana White, sorry, did I say Dana Brooke? You said Dana <laughs> Brooke. <laughs> you were thinking the statistician from Titus Worldwide. <laughs> sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm too busy because Ross kept talking about Dana Brooke last night. It's all in the head. Sorry, Dana White, sorry, the, U- the owner of UFC. Apologies if Dana's listening. <laughs> yes, the Dana White tweet that night. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so it was quite interesting on that kind of... I'm trying to get my train of thought back here after that. <laughs> he, he, he was shocked, wasn't he? I think he tweeted that he was surprised that he wasn't aware that it was going down, but I, I find that hard to believe. Oh, yeah, it's completely... I mean, I, I, still, I think it's no coincidence that, today, uh, that he announced about Brock Lesnar coming back to UFC at this mm-hmm. point in time. WrestleMania, I think that's no coincidence, personally. Spoiler alert. That'll be butts and seats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, no, no. Def- definitely but uh, quite careful here as a WWE employee <laughs> yeah. uh, what was your thoughts on seeing Ronda Rousey I know you're such a WWE mark so you were obviously such such excitement at that announcement yeah no I was remember I remember watching Wrestlemania 31 I'm thinking you know what this is a this is actually an alright show that's going down and you know Triple H had faced Sting earlier in the night you know and you know I wasn't expecting the authority Triple H and Stephanie to come out and do like a segment with The Rock. But when the camera sort of cut to see, showing Ronda Rousey in the front row, you think, right, they're, they're going to do something with this at some point, whether it be on the night. But And then, so The Rock come out and, you know, he said The Rock would never hit a woman towards Stephanie. And everybody started chanting for Ronda. And then that's when I thought, wait a minute, are they going to do a program with this? And that's when I thought maybe it would be excellent to see a WWE-UFC sort of crossover type match. What mm-hmm. I'm just a, well, a little bit disappointed about was that, you know, it was, you know, talking this was three years ago, a lot can happen since then, and it did happen because I think we were all expecting to see The Rock and Ronda versus Triple H and Stephanie at some point. But then mm-hmm. I think, you know, the loss to, to Holly Holm that year, I think really sort of put a damper on it. You know, it's uh, Ronda oh, yeah. started getting a bit reclusive, I think, and well, I think it maybe just sort of damaged the impact of the the potential feud as a whole. Well, she was off as draw to many people, the fact that she lost that match at the UFC. Maybe not just the fact that she lost, the way she kind of took the loss, she uh, kind of affected her character in many people's eyes. Yeah. Uh, she was on a 12-0-1 beating streak at the time as well, so I mean, if you get that that kind of winning streak in, and you're a defending champion, I don't know, maybe, maybe you start to too comfortable mentally. I don't yeah. know if that's maybe maybe she let her guard down momentarily and she's don't know, did she was she just metaphorically kicking herself as a result of the loss? Well I talked to some guys who know a bit more about UFC and they said that she thought that she could outbox Holly Holm. Well mm. Holly Holm was a was an amateur boxing champion and she just went with the wrong style and she got cocky. Yeah. I, think, I think the thing people were saying Over, is, overconfidence a, yeah yeah this is a problem with fighting when you're the champion you become the hunted 
and when you're the hunter, everyone's looking at you. You don't necessarily look at all your hunters. So everyone's mm. kind of fixated on what can I do to beat, uh, at the time, Ronda Rousey. And that's where the tactics really come in. So sometimes mm-hmm. that's where the unknowns... I mean, you take fighting, for example... Uh, a few years back, I know I'm going a bit off topic, but you had Tyson Fury, Vladimir Klitschko, who controlled the division for 10 years, and look uh-huh. what happened. Yeah, totally. I'm, totally, you're 100% right there, Kwaku. I think and I, she won't really get that as much in WWE, obviously. I think she'll be a bit more protected on that one, which could work mm-hmm. to her advantage, and we'll talk about that really in a wee bit. Uh, now, Neil, this WrestleMania 31, I'm assuming this is one of the events that you were furiously typing on your on your Trinity Mirror computer. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying, to capture, trying to capture every minute. I, th- I, think it, I think it may have been the year before. It may have been, uh, I think it was WrestleMania 32 was the first one. I was live blogging right. like a maniac at three in the morning. <laughs> I think I actually got to enjoy WrestleMania 31, you know, as a, as right. a viewer. Which I miss. I miss these days. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to concentrate when you're furiously uh, typing away. But... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I like everyone else. I mean, I think I, I was never, I was not a huge fan of UFC at the time, but like mm. others have said, she was in that stratosphere with Conor McGregor, you know, Brock mm. Lesnar, the biggest draw in the history of UFC. Everyone mm. knows who she is. She's obviously hugely marketable, you know, attractive woman, young, blonde, um, mm-hmm. very sort of, uh, you know, fiercely pro women's rights and equality. Mm. She's got so much going for her from a marketing uh, standpoint. Um, and and you know and, and a mainstream popularity and there's nothing that Vince McMahon courts with such determination than a mainstream audience and that that yeah. mainstream star who's going to get eyes on his product especially when it comes around to this time of year uh, you know every every year at WrestleMania he tries to get somebody on board that's going to pique the interest of a casual audience and and the, the fact that she wasn't kind of advertised in advance was interesting but it was the kind of water cooler moment you know talking point the following day wasn't it mm-hmm. oh yeah and yeah it was on every, it was on everything it was everywhere. on all the major yeah major and, networks and everything you know and even I at mean, that I, even at that point WWE started teasing the possibility of there being you know a long-term relationship you know i think they tweeted we're just getting started you know there could, yeah. there could be more to this and and like others have said I, I think i think we perhaps would have seen this happen sooner if she hadn't have gone through a really difficult time in her life professionally mm-hmm. and personally um, you know, she she broke up with a partner, I think, around that time, and there was, yeah, there was there was so much that went on around about that time, and then she she went. It was quite surprising to me that she went back. She got back in the octagon and actually fought again. Yeah, and and I don't think she was ready. I think the criticism that was made when she came back is that she hadn't improved her boxing skills. She hadn't worked on her jab. She hadn't addressed the issues that had led mm-hmm. to her defeat. And she, I, I think, she was damaged goods to an extent, but. But the thing is, she's still such a star, such an icon. Yeah. Uh, and and the story now is the story now isn't the fact that she lost. It's her rebuilding a career. It's it's the next phase, isn't it? It's the next phase in the story arc. It's the rise yeah. back up again. And the fact yeah. the fact that we're going to get to see that in WWE is really interesting. And it sort of makes you wonder whether, in a few years' time, whether she may even cast her eyes back to the octagon again if this if this goes well with WWE but who knows I mean that's a way off yet it's interesting it's very interesting it's three I mean Strack what was your thoughts on our first WWE appearance uh, I kind of thought it was the kind of the old Wrestlemania 1 Wrestlemania 2 type thing it was just bringing a celebrity for the sake of it mm-hmm. it was kind of didn't really need to be there but it was just kind of like we'll have a celebrity there just to to make it a bit more special, really. That was what I really thought of it. 
Yeah, but it brought so much eyes to the kind of products, you know. It was quite, I mean, maybe to, some criticism may say that kind of over, it may have overshadowed what happened later in the night with Seth Rollins' big cash in, you know. I mean, it was, don't get me wrong, it was, it was quite good. And I mean, obviously, you, you, you bring in somebody for another brand to kind of, as you say, get eyes on yours because, like, when CM Punk went to the UFC, Dana White said that obviously he'll get a lot of wrestling fans watching the mm-hmm. product. So it is, it's all business strategy. It's Casey bringing somebody for the UFC, we get fans for that. Bringing, obviously, a guy that played uh, Arrow. We'll get fans for that. Stephen Amell, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of it's, it's smart bringing in somebody so popular because mm-hmm. it will get you viewings the people who necessarily wouldn't wouldn't view it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was years ago I went to a thing called Body Power in uh, Birmingham, and it's just mainly for fitness and bodybuilders. But mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan done a guest spot, and so many wrestling fans turned up that wouldn't yeah. normally have been there. So that was mere tickets sold. Yeah, I mean, it's, you talk. There is loads of examples, and I mean, Stephen Amell Stephen is in the Bullet Club now. I mean, I've just thought of that. I thought, That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to be at all in, and well, I mean, Flip Gordon's not. That just shows the, the times in independent wrestling these days. What if uh, he ends up creating a rival faction like Arrow Club or something? <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, who would be in it? Like everybody who's on the Flash. Uh, I don't know, Legolas. Um, what? Like, Hawkeye, I don't know. Right, <laughs> 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 <It was Aquaman. laughs> Okay, we might as well get the Easter Bunny from Saturday, Sunday's ice. <laughs> 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 and there, yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, fast forward. Obviously, uh, we would have expected at that point in time that Ronda would have showed up again sooner. But obviously, there was all those circumstances happened between it. And fast forward into the beginning of this year. Where obviously the women's Royal Rumble was talked about. There was talk about her training. She was seen at the May Young Classic with the rest of the four horsewomen, and mm-hmm. she eventually made that appearance in at the Royal Rumble, where I think she was somebody backstage told her to vigorously point at the sign. Point. And between from that till obviously, I think it was Elimination Chamber, and then moving forward, there's been mixed reviews of how Ronda. Is actually handled being in WWE. I mean, Kwaku, I mean, what have you thought of her in um, WWE so far? So far, um, I've I've loved it. So far, it's been absolutely like um, the I, I've I see whether you look back at the story as to why she's wearing like sort like the the paper jacket and stuff like that. I do like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the point where I loved it was when she did put Triple H through the table personally. That was just absolutely brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. Am I allowed to talk about the promo on Raw that happened earlier this week? Is that too soon? No, no, I think we should go for it. Um, so I absolutely loved that. I've, I think my line of the year is, what handed are you? So that uh, I know which one you can still write my checks with. <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> line. And, and just Kurt Angle's face alone said it all when she said that. Uh, that has got to be the best singer so far in 2018. I think, I mean, I think to some people, the highlight of this whole feud has been the Kurt Angle facial reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they've, they've been absolutely brilliant. I mean, I'm going to switch the other a wee bit at this point in time. I mean, I'll go back I'll go to Neil. I mean, obviously, as we talked about, you did that interview with Ronda. I mean, uh, did you get much of a flavour of how she's, she's enjoying WWE and how she's handling it? Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, having been told that, like, you know, UFC was off limits, you, mm. you can't help but be a bit apprehensive ahead of an interview. If you're ever told that, you know, you can't really go into one thing, you sort of think, 
you think to yourself, is this going to be awkward? Is this going to be hard work? I've interviewed people down the years where you just get a sense they'd rather be elsewhere, they'd rather not be talking to you, and you have to try and coax them around, you know, as the interview goes on, show them that you're interested in, you know, your stuff, and, 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 try, and, and try and win them over almost. Um, but with her, there was, there was none of that. She was, she was an absolute, like, pleasure to speak to. She, she just seemed in a really good mood, really personable, really easy to talk to, and really excited mm-hmm. about... WWE, um, which mm-hmm. goes back to as we, we said about her being a being a fan when she was growing up. It's a bit like when a you know a player signs for your football team and they say, "Oh, I was always a Liverpool fan," and you just think to yourself, well, "Get out of town!" <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no way you're a Liverpool fan. If you were signing for Man United, you'd be saying you're a United supporter. So when she talks mm-hmm. about being what a big WWE fan, you think to yourself. Mm. But, but then she's talking about, you know, having um, a Hulk Hogan doll and playing with it for hours and hours and dancing around a room to the uh, Million Dollar Man's theme tune. And, yeah. and you just think to yourself, oh, no, hang on. She's a mark. She's a massive mark like all of us. She's, she's a big fan, just the same, <laughs> just the same as, as me. She's a huge wrestling fan. So this is going to be easy. And you can tell that she loves it. She absolutely loves the environment and the spectacle of it. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing that came across for me was just that, She'd been made to feel, she, she felt so welcome, not just by obviously people behind the scenes, but from mm-hmm. the audience and from the crowd. And that, that's a big thing because my, my thing was at, at the Rumble, you know, as you said, you know, she comes out, she points awkwardly at the sign over and over. It just sort of seemed to go <laughs> on too long. Yeah. She seemed a bit awkward, a bit overawed and nervous. And, and I think that's to be expected, but you, you sort of feared a bit for her. You thought, you know, are, are the crowd going to take to her? But I think she's really likable. I, I think, and I think that's something you can't really buy. You can't, you can't really, you can't really manufacture that. If someone's mm-hmm. likable, that's just a natural thing that comes across. And she, yeah. she definitely is likable. And there's something, there's something about the fact that she is fragile. She is obviously an emotional person. That came across in the interview. I think she's yeah. someone who's, who's um, is it damaged goods to an extent because of what's happened to her in UFC. And I think she was worried that she was going to get, you know, the sort of Roman Reigns treatment. Um, uh, but the, op- mm. the, opposite, the opposite is the case because she is a badass. You know, yeah. she, she is an undisputed badass. I know, I know she's had those defeats, but she brings that that legitimacy, that athletic. Everyone knows she can go. Everyone's expecting her to, to be good in the ring. I know that some people were critical, saying a Samoan drop. You know, her arm was under her opponent. Oh. <laughs> and I just, yeah. Come on, come on. She's, yeah. You know, this is the start of her career. She's, mm-hmm. she's obviously been thrust right into the spotlight, but, but she's going to learn. And, and I think, I, I remember when she, when she at the Royal Rumble, when she, you know, stared down with Charlotte and um, Alexa Bliss and Oscar, I started mm-hmm. racing, my mind was racing. Imagine her against Charlotte Flair, you know, imagine mm-hmm. what they could do. But that would have been a terrible move. You, you, mm-hmm. You're not going to put her in a, in a singles match, mm-hmm. you know, in a first outing. What they've done, you've got this pre-existing storyline with Triple H and Stephanie. It makes sense. It's logical. We know there's history there. And then with yeah. Kurt Angle as well, you've basically got three. You couldn't get three more experienced performers in WWE, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and they're handling her brilliantly, I think. They're absolutely maximizing her strengths. They're yeah. Minimizing her weaknesses. She's, she's going to stumble here and there, but... But like um, like you said, when when um, when she put Triple H through the table, that was a shocking moment. Yeah. And Triple H, you know, you know, everyone knows 
with Triple H, the amount of years he's he's gone over ahead of other people, the amount mm. of years, you know, the King of Kings, Cerebral Assassin, his pedigree, he's prepared to make himself look a total chump mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to get Ronda over. He, he was prepared to be the fall guy. Um, and it's Kurt, isn't it? It's Kurt who's taken the sort of, the vast uh, extent of the sort of, you know, that brilliant face he pulled before he got that sort of yeah. punch. Kurt, I think it was apart from Monday. Monday was the only real time that well, took the bump. Well, the yeah, and, and I think the time was right, wasn't it? The go-home show has to be the one where Stephanie gets the upper hand Yeah, looks a bit of a threat, and especially after, you know, being sort of defeated in the sort of verbal sparring. So I think they've managed her really, really well so far, and I think this is the kind of perfect way to introduce her to the WWE audience on, on this sort of big stage. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll throw at this point that the Strack, now, for those who don't know, Strack has, has got a wrestling background. He has wrestled, so it's interesting to see his perspective on how Ron has handled it. Strack, what's your thoughts on it? Just, like, I don't, is she training at the Performance Centre or at NXT, mm. or is she getting self-trained? No, she's at the Performance Centre, yeah. Performance, yeah. Right, because the WrestleMania thing, as I say, she came out and I thought, oh, that's quite interesting, but the overpoint in... She's not learning how to manage and carry herself. It's like she's coming out. She would walk down to the ring, laughing, giggling, waving at everybody. Walk in the ring, that five-year-old child pout face, point at the sign, turn around, look at somebody, point at the sign, giggle and wave, go outside the ring, growl at Stephanie, point at the sign and walk away laughing. I'm like, you, you can't be bipolar kind of need you kind of need to be consistent if you watch somebody like Jericho or you watch somebody like CM Punk or Bret Hart there's always like gears they'll they'll change gears but subtly change gears it's not just a case of from first into fifth and you need to be if if something has to make you angry and the same with the things on Raw she Mm. would come down and wave and be happy and cheery and then all of a sudden she'll just go to the pouty face it's like you need to transition and in emotion you can't just be it's like being an actor you can't just be happy and then all of a sudden for no reason just be angry mm-hmm. it's just I, 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 maybe she's maybe some people take the promos better than others because there's guys I know who are really good at promos but the wrestling's okay but there's guys who are amazing wrestlers and their promos are just terrible Mm-hmm. Um, but she does in my opinion she still needs a, a, a lot of work and she will need to be carried a lot in this match yeah that's probably the advantage of having her in a tag team match instead of a singles match because she's got guys like Triple H and Kurt Angle about her who could probably mm-hmm. take a lot of the slack uh, if something goes wrong if they put her just with Stephanie then that may have been a bit of a it could have potentially been a bit awkward you know let me uh, look at the Dana Brooke that's the right person I'm talking about, not Dana White. <laughs> <laughs> Dana Brooke threw the punch. Ronda tried to block it with like a Taekwondo block. Mm. She never actually like caught it. And then when she grabbed her and suplexed her, she just mm. flung her. She didn't kind of ring position her. She just grabbed her and launched her in whatever direction. I thought, you need to have more control than that. You can't just think, oh, that's how I do it, and just go for it, because that's how people get injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And hopefully, it will uh, work, 
you'd hope it would come because obviously she can get that click and she's obviously a very remarkable person for WWE. Mm. I mean, uh, Dave, what's your thoughts on this one? You're obviously heading up the WWE marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a running gag, Neil, so you probably get used to it. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder then whether you should be a contact on each other. Apparently, if you, Drew want, Gu- if, if you want to interview Drew Gulak, yeah, he, yeah he, apparently, he Drew, a good Gulak, Drew, Drew Gulak's Malter ego, apparently. <laughs> yeah, David. But yeah, uh, sorry. Um, you know what? My initial impression of Ronda coming in at, at the Royal Rumble, you know what? I think it was as expected. I have to agree with, with Neil on this because, you know, like you'd said, you know, she knows her stuff. She's a, she's a smart mark like the rest of us. She was uh, a wrestling fan growing up, and I think that really showed. You know, as she was walking down to the ring and, you know, I think she really just sort of got caught up in the moment as a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, she was smiling for the crowd, uh, waving for everybody. I think that's just, that just goes to show she's not just like uh, a really sort of stern-faced fighter who knows what she's getting into. Because this is completely a completely new environment for her. She's always used to the octagon, but now she's in the squared circle. It's a... Uh, it's like, as we as we said before, it's a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we really got to see sort of more the, the human side of Ronda uh, beforehand. And then when we see her do promos in the ring, you can tell she's a little bit flustered. But I come to, I've, I've, I'm accepting of the fact, you know, maybe she can be a bit flustered because, you know, she's new to this mm-hmm. completely new environment. She's a fan finally in the ring. And say what, if any of us, you know, we're all fans and, if we stepped in the in a WWE ring for the first time with a microphone <laughs> and millions of people watching us, don't you think you'd be a little bit flustered too? And but the best thing about it is, um, you know, when she gets provoked, she really goes into just uh, like Terminator mode, and so it just goes to show, like, you know, you can relate with her like on a sort of fan base or a personal level. But if you if you annoy her, she will take your head off. Well, I think and that I Terminator mode is a base mode. Mm. yeah definitely and she's got the sort of i'm gonna kill you look that she gives you as it is like right you've just made a mistake you're you're getting it yeah so uh, it's clear that there's a, there's a lot of really different opinions kind of it i like that mm. but obviously sadly we've only really got about half an hour they're going to talk for us so i'm now going to go on to the actual match itself and i'm going to ask you how you think this the, the tag team match is going to go at wrestlemania obviously ronda teaming with cut angle taking on stephanie and triple h kwaku how do you think this match is going to go um so I'll kick off with who I think is winning straight off. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I, I, I reckon um, Kurt and Ronda are going to take the win, but mm. it's going to be a it's going to be a hard one. I think. Um, I think what they're I think what they're going to be doing is keeping Kurt um, using heel moves to kind of punish Kurt, especially for the way the fact that he made, he made this match happen by mm. lying and saying that. Stephanie and Triple H wanted their revenge on her for showing her up on 31. So I think they'll try and cut the ring off from Ronda. Then you get that big burst and then that's when Ronda will kind of come in. Um, But I do see Ronda getting some form of revenge on Triple H as well. I do see that happening. Just to kind of put her over for the next matches that come across throughout the year, really, I would see. Interesting. Uh, Not good was in that one. Dave? Yeah, I think uh, Angle and Ronda will, will take it because they wouldn't go through all the trouble to invest this much time and effort into bringing Ronda into the WWE only to her to have her lose her first match. So I think um, I think the build-up, you know, it has a solid foundation. You're they're referring back to WrestleMania 31. There's continuity behind it. And there was also at Survivor Series last year, there was 
a confrontation where Triple H ended up pedigreeing Kurt Angle and they were supposed to be on the same team. Mm -hmm. So there is sort of definitely history and consistency throughout. And But I think uh, Triple H and Angle, you know, obviously being the experienced in-ring veterans, I think they'll probably take up most of the time in this match. But it wouldn't surprise me to see Ronda come out and just absolutely tear it up because, you know, she's going through a lot of training. She's going through a lot of... Uh, a lot of practice. I think, you know, a lot of people are, are a bit uh, pessimistic about it. I'm cautiously optimistic in the fact that, you know, like AJ versus Shane McMahon last year, not a lot of people had high expectations for it. It turned out to be one of the matches of the night. Yeah. So I'm, I'm having that sort of same wishful thinking with this match here. And I hope, you know, Ronda gets a good showing. Excellent. No problem. Neil? Yeah, I think I think the same as the, as the lads have said there. I'm, I'm, I'm probably a bit concerned about Kurt and his knees. Than I am, mm, yeah, than I am yeah. more than Ronda, to be honest with you. I think everyone's right. Curtin, Curtin Triple H are going to handle a lot of the work in this match. And sometimes with Curtin, it looks like he can't even stand up at the moment, can't even stand up straight. So, but I mean, Kurt's, Kurt's for my money, if you know, he's one of the top three or four of all time. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, he's amazing. Kurt Angle is, is a legend. Kurt Angle will no doubt be able to, to pull off this match. Triple H and Stephanie are also. Too good, I think. They know their characters. They've got them down to a T. They know what they've got to do here. They've got to make Ronda look a million dollars. And that's what they're going to do. I think, you know, as the guys have said, Triple H is going to work on Kurt. I think Ronda will be sort of thwarted and frustrated, won't be able to get her hands on Stephanie for quite a long time. And then the kind of defining image of the match, I think, has got to be, we're all waiting to see her, you know, submit someone with her arm bar, isn't it? That, yeah. That's, that's the signature. Yeah. The, the, the moment of the match is going to be her locking Stephanie in the armbar, close up on Stephanie's face, and Stephanie screaming in pain and tapping out. Um, uh, that, that's, that's, gonna, that's the yeah, moment, isn't it? That's, that's, the, that's the money shot. She like. has won nine of her UFC fights by the armbar. So. Yeah, that's yeah, and, she won all, and she won all three of her amateur MMA fights with the armbar mm. as well. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be worth seeing Roman Reigns end the night with a title on its own. Uh, Sturdy. Not now, David. <laughs> Strack. Um, I see, I kind of thought the same. It would be Kurt and Triple H, majority of the match, and then towards the end, to Ronda. Ronda rushes in, bumps Triple H a few times, throws him into the corner. Stephanie, oh, he'll bump Stephanie to technically class a tag. She'll have to come in. Ronda will then steamroller catch on some form of submission but do you know what I've kind of thought the last few days what if it's kind of a Daniel Bryan and Sheamus style match where it's a case of what, Ronda just grabs what? Stephanie and goes for the submission straight away and that's it done hmm. interesting that's not a theory I've seen because <laughs> think about it as you say Kurt's knees are bad and he's not really going to be able to bump quite a lot he was shielded quite a lot no pun intended by the shield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's that, and then obviously Survivor Series was the same. It's kind of kept back a bit, but um, a, a Triple H probably could still go. Stephanie mm. hasn't wrestled in what three, since twenty fourteen. Yeah, Nikki Bella. Yeah, three and a half years. Yeah. Nikki Bella. Yeah, Brie Bella. Uh, Brie Bella. Sorry. Brie Bella. Sorry. Yeah, I've got a feeling it will be a case. They'll try and recreate the home the. The Ronda Rousey, like kind of first fights against people, where it'll be a case of she'll rush them, she'll rush Stephanie, grab her, 
straight front guillotine, arm bar, something in a form of submission, or a rear naked choke, and she'll be done. Hmm. Interesting. So, some slightly different opinions across the panel on how the match is going to go, but we all, it's pretty much a clean, clean sweep on Ronda and Kurt winning this match. So, yeah. So, I think that's us for that for that one, guys. I mean, that's it's been a good debate. We've managed mm-hmm. to get through a lot there in that time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Prediction? Can I make one last prediction? Go for it. The girl that's tagged with Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. Sonia Deville. Sonia Deville. Yeah. See her look and her gimmick. Uh-huh. I predict after WrestleMania that'll be taken from her because they want only one person who looks remotely like an MMA fighter in the WWE so I'm predicting that Ronda will get the gloves and kick pads stuff like that and that mm-hmm. Sonya girl will get changed to something else that'll, that gimmick will be took from her that's interesting because think- they've also got um, Shayna Baszler and NXT uh, who is off that background as well who yeah, but she's, much- not got the glo- she's not got the gloves and that type of stuff she's just more a straight out True, fighter I think. but she's got that style so That'll they'll keep the style. The style will be totally fine. They'll they'll probably let Sonya still wrestle MMA style, mm-hmm. but the look they'll take that from her. And the, the girls in NXT, um, she's safe because I've seen her gear, mm-hmm. and it's kind of standard tights, the top and stuff like that. I think she'll be safe. But that's a hundred percent. I'm putting Sonya as well. Have that gimmick to yeah. taken from her. I, I think I think you might be right. I think that I think mm-hmm. that Ronda's such a big investment that. Everything is going to be full throttle after this, full steam ahead with her. I don't think we're going to see her lose. And other people have suggested this, but I think there's a good chance we don't see her lose a single match until next WrestleMania. Wow. Um, okay. Can we, have, mm-hmm. can we have streak versus streak? Yeah. Hard versus Asuka. Her versus Asuka. That would that's, be amazing. That's the money, isn't it? That's the money. Keep the two of them undefeated till next Mania um, mm. and go, go head to head. I just think that would be a mega match. You um, two may be onto something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, so yeah, that has been uh, our chat on Ronda Rousey here at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Uh, we have got another free podcast coming up after this. Tomorrow, we're going to have the best of the independent circuit stuff over WrestleMania weekend, so stay uh, check out that. And on Saturday, we'll have Kwaku hosting the NXT TakeOver preview. And on, and on Monday... At in the afternoon, anybody from Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet who's vaguely awake <laughs> will be will be joining in the process to talk about briefly talk about what happened at WrestleMania. So from me, Stephen Wilson, I'd like to thank my panel, Mister Kwakuaji. Thank you, uh, David Hockney. Thank you, uh, Stephen Strachan. Gracias. And, <laughs> and Neil, thanks for joining us. Will the Daily Mirror be doing a live blog soon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey. <I> <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook at Suplex Retweet. From us, good night. <laughs>